everyone, and welcome back to the Seasowers Podcast. I am your host, Warren Pinkett, and as always, I'm excited and blessed to have you as a listener today because you literally could be doing anything else with your time, but you chose to use some of that on this. And so I thank you for that, and I pray that God's words bless you, touch you, speak to your situation, confirm, affirm, whatever God would say to you, I pray that he does through me. And without further ado, let's get into the prayer. Father God in heaven, what's up? How's it going? I hope you're doing well in heaven, ruling things, being a Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Anyway, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you um, for being my best friend. Um, I love you more than life itself. And I pray that you be with me in this day um, to speak to your people, God, whatever you once said, whatever you want to speak to somebody's situation, whatever you want to confirm and affirm to your people, God, I pray that you use me as a conduit, a vessel, God, um, that the words flow through me and that they not be mine. Decrease me that you may increase, God, and I will give you the glory, honor and praise in this day in Jesus name. God, I thank you for the listener. I thank you um, for them just giving their time. I hope that that you bless them and honor them as I believe that you will. Um, restore them and give them a peace that surpasses our understanding in whatever circumstance they may be going through. And again, we will give you the glory, honor, and praise. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So today's episode is about something that I'm sure we're all used to doing for some period of time, which is waiting. Um, The verse that I have prepared for you is Isaiah 40, verse 31. From the KJV, it reads, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, I want to give some context to um, the book of Isaiah because on face value, like, that's just a nice scripture to hear. Oh, if you wait on the Lord, your strength will be renewed. Um, We'll mount on wings as eagles and we'll soar, we'll run and not be weary. We will walk and we'll not faint. That sounds nice, and it is nice. But what's going on in in Isaiah is uh, much darker than that. What's going on is the people of Israel have um, shockingly, said ironically, rebelled against God again. Um, In this case, they have uh, broken the covenant between themselves and God by breaking God's commands. Um, They are mistreating um, their weak and lame people. Money and financial stability has been gained dishonestly and all of these things have displeased God. And because of this, what God does is he raises up the Assyrians and the Babylonians, two groups of people who were not perfect in their own right, but two groups of people who were used um, by God to judge the Israelites who are God's chosen people. Again, this is due to their own um, rejection and rebellion against God. So because of this said rebellion, we have in chapters 1 through 39, um, Isaiah emphasizing the judgment and displeasure that God has against his people. But in chapter 40, the tone actually kind of changes from more of a rejoicing and happy and and uplifting standpoint. And when I read it, I was kind of confused because I was like, okay, what happened? Um, And so my understanding through research is that Isaiah 40 and on were... uh, likely written by his disciples either that or 
um, Isaiah, like the scrolls written by Isaiah were um, prophecies that he wrote down and he hid away until there was a time to open them. And then the people who were nearing the end of exile now read this because in Isaiah 40, um, at this point, he would have been dead. So he wouldn't have written this at the time that the Israelites were in exile. So with that information, I think it gives some more clarity um, as to what's going on here. Isaiah 40, I believe, is sort of the near end of the exile and the captivity that happened with the Israelites and how they were overtaken by the Assyrians and, the, and namely the Babylonians. And because of this exile, um, the people are waiting for God to save them. And uh, earlier in Isaiah 40, it actually says how, hey, your time is your time has come. God's coming. He is he's here. But the response, I believe, in uh, verse 27, um, the people of Israel, basically, they're not buying it. They're saying or believing that God has neglected them and, and he's not coming. And so they believe that they've been waiting essentially for no reason. And I'm sure that kind of resonates with a lot of people, at least for me, it does, because there's been a few things that I've been waiting for in life currently and when I was younger, um, where I felt like I was kind of waiting for no reason or um, just not sure of when things would come. And rather than holding that faith, um, I just kind of let that waver. And so that's exactly what's going on with the people of Israel. But uh, the author is trying to encourage them and say, hey, um, you know, when has God neglected you? And actually in later chapters um, with more intensive reading, because I'm not going to read it on here. Isaiah is a long book. But with more intensive reading later in the chapters, you'll realize that God explains to them why um, they were exiled because of the judgment that he has on them because of their wrongdoing. He's not neglecting them, although they feel neglected, but rather he is um, actually for their sake, allowing the consequences of their actions to reign true. And a lot of us would rather that not happen, including myself. We'd rather the consequences not come. But because God is so loving, he uh, helps us to learn from our mistakes rather than getting off scot-free all the time. But anyway, that leads me back into some of the thoughts I had when reading specifically the uh, verse 31 in chapter 40 um, about waiting and basically how it's always going to be worth it when you're waiting for God. But I wanted to be transparent as far as what I'm waiting for. Um, I have currently been unemployed now for, I want to say, about nine months um, ever since I graduated in last year year i want to say may sometime in may i graduated um and i've been searching for a job since then and to no avail i have not received one at least not in my field and so because of that i've been in a place of waiting um where i've been applying to several jobs and i just haven't heard back and there have been times months at a time or weeks at a time where you know i felt a little bit more discouraged than um you know i would have wanted to because i'm kind of confused, or at least I was, as to why I wasn't gaining the traction that I desired. Why have I been waiting so long um, to receive this job, God? Are you not with me? Am I being neglected? Um, and later I'll explain that, no, I'm not being neglected. But even in that waiting, there have been opportunities that may have been the job or may be the job, but, you know, with prayer um, to God, he's actually helped reveal to me that, you know, I haven't missed the opportunity that he has for me um, because I've gotten opportunities to interview, um, but God said it just wasn't for me. And so I want to share uh, the most recent one, how he confirmed it, because 
it was only by the grace of God that he spoke in this way to me. I remember a few days ago, it was confirmed by actually something very simple, which was my mother cooking. So to backtrack, I want to say this past Monday with my church, it was consecration Monday. And usually, you know, we fast or, we, you know, you don't eat. But um, I got some news earlier that day and I got kind of irritated. I had a headache. And so um, I kind I caved in. I decided to eat earlier than I would have that day. And, um, you know, I was satisfied. I think I had a burger, nothing crazy. But later that day, um, without me, you know, knowing my mother had made some food. And so I was like, dang, I wish I, you know, could eat that food because since I had already eaten, um, I had to let my food digest before I could get the food that I wanted to eat. And so, you know, I ended up doing something else for a little bit. But then God spoke to me and it hit me um, that I indulged prematurely in something that had I waited um, would have been much better for me, or at least I would have liked it much better. Um, the food that I had was not bad to know, uh, you know, no complaint of my own. Shout out to my mom. Uh, you know, if you're listening, mom, I love you. I love your cooking. But it wasn't um, that that was bad. It was that the other food that I didn't know that was being prepared, um, I would have enjoyed more. And so God kind of told me that he, in this case, would have been my mother and that he is cooking something up, so to speak, for me that I can't see. Um, but if I take this opportunity that I have in front of me, I will be prematurely indulging in something that may not be terrible or may not be completely bad, but it's not what I've been praying for and it's not fully what God has for me. And if I just wait and put my trust in him and my faith in him, he will um, provide and he has already in, in various ways. Um, but in terms of the job search, he will provide and I have full faith and belief in him that he will do what he says. Um, and the reason I think I have that faith or why I know I have it is because, you know, he's been with me and he's already proven um, through his word countless times that he will be there for his people whom he gives his promises. Um, but even knowing that there have been times where, you know, I, I don't think I've done well um, while playing the waiting game. And these are some of the things I want to share with you all um, in the event that you are waiting for something. I don't know what that is, whether it be healing, whether it be a good report. Um, whether it be college acceptances, I don't know what you're waiting on God for. But what I do know is that there are good ways to wait and then there are some unwise ways to wait. And, you know, I'm going to get into that. So I'm going to start with the good um, that I think that I've exhibited with God's assistance in this way. I think the first thing is learning and spending time with God has been on the forefront of my mind ever since I've had um, this abundance of time and ample opportunity to read and to, you know, get in my word, become more knowledgeable. Um, I think that, you know, God is very pleased with that. And I think he will be with any of you all who are waiting on him for something. Again, I don't know what it is. I don't know how much time you have in your day, but I do know that God indeed honors those who decide that they want to spend time with him, who carve out the best that they can to give to him. Um, he will indeed honor that. And that spending time with God, for me at least, um, oftentimes re results in me reading. Um, it may look like some walks um, and just getting away from distractions and just talking to God. It It's going to be different for other people, but spend time with God. In, in the wait, when you're waiting for him, um, his promises are in his word. 
And for people who may struggle with hearing from God or how do I hear from God, the best way is to get in your word. Because when you're in your word, you're going to be tuned with how he already speaks, how he's spoken before. Because his word does say that he is the same God yesterday, today and tomorrow. He does not change. Um, some things may look different in your life and in my life, but in terms of the character of God, um, he does not change. So um, just a reminder to continue to learn and spend time with God when you have the opportunity to do so. The second thing I think he's been pleased with is uh, serving his people during the wait. Um, since I've been home from college, I've gotten the opportunity to spend a lot of time in church. And um, I was actually invited to a church that I didn't think I would ever go to, but um, it ended up being one of the greatest blessings to me. Um, one, because I get to serve God's people. I get to uh, walk in a calling and a purpose that I otherwise wouldn't have had I just been sitting at home doing nothing but searching for jobs and not really seeking God's presence. He's given me um, work and a job to do in the you know, time that I have now. And so that serving for me has looked like, you know, community outreach, um, praying for people, um, getting to know people and being being involved in people's lives. Um, those are some of the ways that come to mind now. But there's been more. But ultimately, I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve God's people, because even in the wait, um, the wait time that we have as individuals, when we're waiting on God, that doesn't mean that he just wants us to sit and mope and pout that we're waiting, we still are called to be uh, active and whether it be serving in our church communities, being active with your family and praying for them and interceding for them. Um, it may look different for some people, but continuing to serve God's people ultimately will bring him honor. It personally has for me and I'm very thankful for that. I'm also thankful because the church has been a blessing toward me. And I say that because there are people who God places me on their hearts um, to sow into, whether that be financially or just with a word of prayer or a smile, a hug, whatever. But being in the community and being in the presence of the church people has been an ultimate blessing um, to me that I'm not overlooking. Um, I'm very appreciative of. And like I said, I otherwise would not have gone to that church or maybe even gone to church um, in general had I not had such ample time, had I started working um, as soon as I graduated. So that's just another word of encouragement that it may look differently in terms of our time and our schedule, but God's time is much greater than ours. And he may give blessings in a time where you are waiting as you are seeking him still, even though you're not, you're, you know, you haven't received what it is that you are ultimately praying for. There will be other tasks that you need to pray and seek God about. Hey, God, this is what I'm asking and waiting for, but what should I be doing? In the case of the Israelites, um, while they're waiting for their exile or while they're waiting for their uh, savior from um, captivity, there are ways where they could be rejoicing before um, God has come as he calls us to do because he is worth our praise. He is worth our exaltation before he has uh, shown himself faithful in that situation because case in point, he will show himself faithful in other situations prior to what we can see now. But because we're so focused on the specific thing that we're praying for, we're not in tune with what all God has done for us in the past and what all in addition to what we are asking for that he is doing in the future. So that's a word of encouragement to spend more time with God, to serve his people, and lastly, to continue to seek his presence if you're not already. Um, I actually was 
recently corrected um, by the time that I was spending time with God for um, I wasn't doing anything bad. I felt like I was being a good steward with my time, but I was so focused on getting head knowledge uh, for God, which is not a bad thing. You definitely want to be well versed in your word. Um, when Jesus was tempted by the by the enemy, uh, he knew his word. And so every time that he was tempted and tested, he spit back. I want to say all of what he said was from Deuteronomy, actually. But he spit back the word at Satan because you need to know your word. Your word is your your sword um, against the enemy. So that's not the problem. But just like in Ecclesiastes three, where it says there's a time for everything. There's a time to mourn and a time to rejoice. There's a time to sow and a time to reap. There is a time to seek um, that head knowledge, but there's also a time to uh, soak in God's presence. And ironically, it's a call back to the last episode, being with God instead of doing for him. Um, I wasn't being with God as much as I could have or should have been. And I think that took me away from hearing some things that I might have missed um, him say, because I was in the mindset that God wasn't speaking to me as much as I thought he was because I was not seeking his presence, because I wasn't holding him in high regard and high reverence. And so when I started to, he honored that. And I want to tell you exactly how I started to. So it started, like I said, from the word of correction. It was earlier this week. I can't remember the day. But ever since then, um, especially at night, what I do is I will try to cut off every distraction, whether it be YouTube or any type of media that's playing or um, I don't know, anything that's not bring, bringing me closer to God, I try to cut off at a certain time. So for the past four or five days, I've been doing that. I've been praying to instrumental music, worship music. God, believe it or not, has been honoring um, that sacrifice of time. Um, ever since I started praying at night and being more intentional, I prayed before, but tarrying for his presence instead of just kind of praying for protection as I sleep and then just going to bed um, has done wonders for me. He's been waking me up in the middle of the night in my belief to pray, um, to intercede, to ask him um, whatever it is that he wants to say um, in the quiet time, because it'll be oftentimes in the quiet time that God will speak to you when you cut out those distractions, when you are placing him on high, that is where he will be. And my pastor actually confirmed this um, by the reading of, I want to say it's 1 Samuel 3, where this is, help me, Holy Spirit. This is Samuel being mentored by Eli and Samuel is hearing the voice of God, but he doesn't know it. And so God continues to say, Samuel, Samuel. And this is while he's sleeping. And so Samuel wakes up and he goes to Eli and he says, Eli, you caught me. And Eli says, no, I didn't go back to sleep. And Eli finally catches on and says, oh, this is God talking to him. So what he tells him to do, he says, next time God calls you, tell him, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel finally does that and he hears what the Lord has to say and he communicates that to Eli. But the ultimate point of why I bring that up is it's in the quiet time. And I'm thankful that, you know, like I said, my pastor um, confirmed that for me, that it's the quiet time that I need to carve out intentionally for God to speak that much more to me rather than complaining that he's not speaking. I need to give him more room to do so. And when I actually did, he started giving me spiritually, um, you know, spiritually inciting dreams that I've been praying about. Like he's he's honored that so much. And I can't stress that point enough when you are seeking God's presence that much um, in those moments of waiting rather than complaining. He will honor that.
and for all he's honored, um, there are some things that I think he has not found honor in that I've done. Um, one being that, you know, sometimes in these however long of months that I've been waiting, um, I feel like my faith at times will waver for, you know, whether the job or not will come or when it'll come or how it will come or what it will look like. And, um, you know, that is a problem because God calls our faith not to waver. I think of when he called Peter out of the boat. I can't remember what chapter or book this is, but um, everybody knows, you know, when Jesus walked on water, um, he calls Peter out onto the water and he tells him to walk to him. And he's walking towards Jesus, but Peter starts to look elsewhere. He starts to look um, down at his feet or up and in, in anywhere that's not Jesus. And as soon as he does that, he starts to sink. And Jesus reaches out his hand and he pulls him out of the water. He does not let him drown. But I bring that up because it's when I stopped looking at Jesus and I started looking at what I could see when the word clearly says that we walk by faith, not by sight. I was only looking at the things that I could see, touch and the things that were materialized in front of me. And I was looking at my deficiencies in the weight and feeling like, man, OK, I, I maybe it's not coming or it's going to come way later. I don't know. But your faith wavering is not something that pleases God. And he doesn't he doesn't come down harshly and he hasn't come down harshly on me. But he gently corrects me and says, you know, there's no point in having your faith waver. I am here. I am with you. I love you. It's coming. Just wait for me. Um, so when I learned to do that, when I learned to not let my uh, faith waver as much as it was, um, God spiritually stabilized me. And so I now have that much more faith and that much more uh, confidence in that God will uh, bring me the job when it is the time to be brought. And the scripture that pertains to that comes from Hebrews 10:35, which says, so don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. The confidence that we place in Jesus and God Almighty has great reward for us. We will be receiving. That time won't be wasted. And again, I'm speaking to you, but I'm also speaking to myself because another thing that I wasn't doing well was I wasn't rejoicing before I received what I wanted. Um, God tells us constantly that we are to rejoice prior to the reception of what it is we're praying for. Similar to the Israelites in uh, Isaiah 40, they were being called to worship before they could fully see their release from captivity. Um, but rather than, again, their faith being placed uh, in God and in God to save them from their circumstance, uh, they were like, well, we'll believe it when we see it. Like, God, just just come through, I guess. Um, and that can be our mindset, because, again, human nature is to cling to what we can see. But God does not operate in the ways that we do. His word says that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. For his ways are, are as high as heaven is compared to earth. And because of that, I can't really sit in um, how I envision something and expect God to kind of conform to my constraints as if God is uh, his power is boxed in to my whim and my authority. If I call God my Lord and Savior, he is my Lord, meaning that what he says goes. And when he wants something done, it'll get done. So, God, if the time is now for me to serve you and to learn and to uh, seek your presence more and more as I have this opportunity, then so be it. But like I said in Ecclesiastes three, there will be a time for everything. So there will be a time for me to work. 
but ultimately I still have to rejoice in what I can't see. And he says that to all his people, not only me, but to you rejoice, even though you can't see um, the, your graduation day, even though you can't see your kids in the future, even though you can't see the job that maybe you're asking God for. I don't know what it is that you can't see, but God is calling us to rejoice in the victory that he's already given us. Because if we're moping and pouting, we may miss way more that he has for us uh, by sulking rather than rejoicing in the victory that he has already given to us. So I guess that leads me into the further affirmation that I have. Again, just to reiterate, waiting on the Lord will always be worth it. And by seeking his presence and voice, you will know that you are waiting on him and not yourself. Because another problem that we um, God's creation has is we will assume that we're waiting on God and, you know, we're having to sit back and rely on him when we are conjuring up certain things um, and certain deadlines for ourselves. Um, hustle culture, I think, has has done a number on our brains to say that if we are not millionaires by the age of 21, then we have failed. If we aren't married with five kids and two homes and all of these things by 35, then we, you know, we failed at life. But God's ways are not our ways. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. I think the, the verse that comes to mind for that comes from Jeremiah 29, 13, which says that if you seek the Lord with all your heart, if you seek him diligently, then he will be found by you. And so instead of, you know, listening to the world standards of of success and, um, you know, how fast things come for those in the world, we should be focused on God's timing. Because one thing about his timing is that it's different from ours which has me jump to second Peter, where it talks about how uh, one day in heaven is like a thousand years on earth. And thinking about that, I can't help but uh, remind or be reminded that I don't know what all, you know, the time is for God, his time and how he experiences it, experiences it outside of time, space and, and our reality is completely different from ours. So he can see all of the things that uh, will be done and have been done in the past, but I can't. So I, rather than focusing on the time that I experience, am going to devote myself and submit myself to God in whatever the time that he would have uh, for me to wait, whatever the time for me uh, to cultivate my relationship with him and to be blessed in this moment that I can rejoice in the victory that I cannot see fully, um, I'll be blessed for that. And so, again, I urge you as God's children in creation um, to not be caught up with the time that you can see, because, again, his time is not yours. He has a plan. He has his steps ordered for us. Um, we are predestined for all sorts of things. But if we are soaking and pouting and uh, moaning and groaning uh, from all the things that we are waiting for, um, we'll miss out on the journey that God is taking us through. And we'll miss out on uh, developing our testimonies to share to his people, to exalt the name of the Lord and to add to the body of believers. So please wait on the Lord because it is worth it. Wait on the Lord and have your strength renewed by our God. That's it. And if you do that, I'm telling you, I'll be a walking testimony that when I get my job, I'll come right back on here and tell you that it was worth it um, because it will be. And, you know, as I pray us out, that'll be something that we emphasize moving forward, um, that it is indeed worth it when we wait on the Lord, when we allow his timing um, and the things that he wants to perfect to be made perfect in our lives. So with that being said, Father God, I thank you um, for another episode 
um, being spoken. I pray that your words were said, God, and not my own. I pray um, for just understanding of how we are to wait, how we are to wait diligently and patiently, God, for you, because you are worth the wait, God. There are things that um, the people are waiting for, the people listening to this podcast, God, I don't know. They're waiting for breakthroughs. They're waiting for confirmation. They're waiting for an understanding, a deeper understanding with what you would have to say to them. And God, I, I thank you for their lives. And I pray that they diligently and fervently seek your voice, God, because I know that you will be found close to those who wholehearted, wholeheartedly uh, seek your face, God. Let us not speak in vain, God. Let us not pray in vain. Let us not be double-minded, but allow our faith to be fully put in you. And we will give your name the glory, honor, and praise as it so deserves. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray these things faithfully unto you. Amen. Just wait on the Lord. I hope all of you have a blessed day. And I pray that you wait in a way that pleases God because he will come through. And with that being said, please enjoy the outro.